Have you ever found yourself drifting and wondering how, how you got there? That, that you know you started off in one place and then you woke up and you're in kind of a completely different, drifting maybe in your relationship. Um, I know this, when I first married my wife, you know, we were, we were in love and, and that first uh, five months of, of relationship was a whirlwind and then you get married and anybody here, you ever got married, you know, the first year, you in the first year in a much different place than you started um, as the honeymoon phase kind of, kind of wears off and you have to readjust. And so we drift in those areas. Uh, maybe it was uh, better financial decisions. I know that, that there's been times that I've wanted to save money and, and then I go on Amazon or uh, I start a project. My wife loves when I start projects because I'm not a planner and I just spend money. And she's like, what is this $700 at Lowe's? And I said, honey, you know, I told you I was going to build a table um, um, or whatever it may be. And so, you know, we begin to drift. We get off track. Um, maybe it was with a diet. I know about a year ago, I started having some issues just uh, health-wise with blood pressure. And I was like, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get this right. I'm going to eat fruit. I'm going to cut out all sugars. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get on, on track and then Thanksgiving rolled around and that just went down the drain and then it was Christmas. My, my grandma makes the most wonderful Christmas candy in the world and so she thinks that I needed like 10 pounds of it. She was right, it was delicious. Um, but then it's January and I'm still not where I need to be and then barbecue season's rolling up and you know, we're gonna have to break out the smoker soon. And, but, but we begin to drift and so we start off in one area and we slowly drift to another. Uh, maybe it's your recovery. Um, I can't tell you how many times that, that I endeavored to, to get sober or to change my lifestyle. And I would start off really strong, but something would happen down the road. And, and I would wake up one day and I would realize I was back to square one. I was back to where I started and, and I got there um, slowly. And the title of tonight's message is called The Slow Fade um, because um, this is what I know, that, that we don't endeavor to mess up. Uh, nobody sets, sets out to fail um, but we slowly get there, one decision, one choice at a time, whether it is in your marriage, your relationship, your finances, that, that the progress we make, it, it slowly is either getting better, it's slowly getting worse. And, and unfortunately, in our lives, there's, there's not a neutral. We can't park anywhere. You're either moving forward or you're moving backwards. And so we want to make sure that in life, in recovery, um, in our walk with God, that we're not slowly fading back into old lifestyles, old habits, that, that we're not drifting further and further away from people that love us or, or from we, where we want to be. And so again, no one sets out to struggle. No one sets out to lose hope, to lose faith. Um, I know for me, I spent 18 years in addiction, and that started when I was a, a teenager, when I was 12. And I didn't set out for that. I didn't wake up one day and it's like, man, I really, really want to be addicted to dope. That's going to be really great. Um, I mean, but one decision at a time, that's where I ended up. And, and you know, with, with all of my lifestyle decisions, that's what I did. And, and I know in my 20s, I ended up in a massive amount of debt. No one's like, man, I really hope that I have to be on the verge of bankruptcy when I'm in my 20s. But, man, it was one bad decision at a time. And it was a lack of accountability that allows us to slowly drift and slowly fade into these different areas of our lives. And so Hebrews 2.1 says this, so we must listen very carefully to the truth we've heard, or we may drift away from it. Say drift away. <laughs> that, that we have to, to listen to the truth, that we have to, to, to endeavor to follow it daily, to allow ourselves to be accountable to those around us, or we may slowly drift away. And so how do we guard against the slow fade, the, the fade that that we're all susceptible to. There's not a single one of us in here that's immune 
to fading out in some area of our life or from drifting from the things that we want to do or from the person that we want to be? How do we avoid that? We have to journey together, give people access to the dark corners, the secret sins, and allow them to speak truth and hold us accountable if we want to stop the fade. I'm going to say that again. We have to journey together, give people access to the dark corners and the secret sins, allow them to speak the truth and hold us accountable if we want to stop the fade. Um, Hebrews 3, 12 through 14, I want to share with you. This is uh, the Apostle Paul. He said this, Be careful then, dear brothers and sisters. Make sure that your own hearts are not evil and unbelieving, turning away from the living God. You must warn each other every day. Say every day. day. While it's still today. Say today. today. And so... Here's the thing, a lot can happen in a week. And so what this really speaks to is accountability because if you're journeying in an area of your life and, and maybe you're you know, disappearing for a week at a time or a month at a time and you're keeping distance from those that love you, those that wanna journey with you, those that wanna speak truth, those that wanna hold you accountable and you wait until next week to allow them to, to see what's going on or to speak into your life. Well, a lot of decisions have been made then and you've drifted farther into that lifestyle and you're more comfortable you know, a week from today than you are in the middle of it. And that's why it's so important that, that we allow each other to see each other every day, to speak truth every day while it's still today. He goes on and says, so that none of you will be deceived, say deceived, by sin unhardened against God, that, that that fade, that's what it is, it's deceit. It's the only tool that the enemy has to really use against us is to deceive us and to make us think that, that going backwards in our lifestyle is better, that, that going back to the ex, that spending the money that we don't have, that, that picking up the bottle, that doing those things are the better choice, the right choice, and it's deception that we allow ourselves to be brought into because we've stepped away from accountability. There was nobody in the moment that day to say, I love you, but you you're not doing right here. We've got to allow those people to be in our lives and the journey with us. And so again, so that none of you will be deceived by sin and hardened against God. And that was part hardened against God because as we fade away, that's what happens is we put more distance between the bad decisions and the right decisions. As we drift away, we begin to turn our hearts from God as we settle in those bad decisions. And it's like, I never liked that life anyways. I never liked that church anyways. I never liked those people anyways. I didn't like that group anyways. And the more distance we get there, the more we've hardened ourselves against the things that God has for us. And we wake up one day and our life is a mess. We're turned around. We're going in the exact opposite direction that we were. And we convinced ourselves that it was good until it all starts crashing and burning and coming down around us. And so why is this important? It ends with this. For if we are faithful to the end, Trusting God as firmly as when we first believe, we will share in all that belongs to Christ. And I love this end here um, because it reveals that healthy fellowship, that, that healthy fellowship, being around people that are healthy, that are good, that, that will say things you might not want to hear, that will tell you things that, that might hurt you because they're true and allowing them to hold you accountable. Healthy fellowship helps us guard what God has given us to help us guard what God has given us. That if we step into faith, as you pursue him and you pursue recovery and you, you come into that relationship with him, you become an heir with Christ. You're a child of God. I love this. It's Romans eight seventeen, and it says this. And since we are his children, we are his heirs. 
that, that, that there's an inheritance, that there's something that God has for us when we step into that. And if we remove ourselves from God's people, if we remove ourselves from the healthy people that will tell us the truth, we're, we're, we're at risk of losing what God has for us. Now, what does God has for us? What belongs to Christ? What is our inheritance? It's his obedience, his suffering, his death. Those things don't sound too great, but those come with his resurrection, his victory, his plan, his power, his ministry, his work, his glory, his destiny. It comes with a better life, that when we step into recovery, to sobriety, it's better. When you step into healthy relationships, it's better. When you step into freedom, it's better. But when you step out of accountability, when you distance yourself from sponsors, when you distance yourself from mentors, when you distance yourself from the accountability people in your life, you're at risk of losing all of that. And so we have to step into it daily. Allow people, while it's still today, to recognize what you're doing and to speak truth in it. And then you've got to be mature enough, not only to hear it, but to not get wounded, to not run away, begin to receive it and evaluate what's going on in your life if you want to stop the thing. You see, God desires, God desires that each of us live a life of purpose and meaning. I'm not going to say that it's, it's all going to be pleasant, that you're going to be without trouble, without trials, that you're not going to go through things that are painful and difficult. But, but God desires that you have purpose. God desires that you have meaning. God desires that you live better than you do when you've distanced yourself from everything that's of God. God doesn't want you to live in addiction. That's not his plan for you. God doesn't want you to be in broken relationships. God wants you to come together in unity. That's God's plan for you. God wants you to live with love. God wants you to experience joy. He's got something better, but we've got to surround ourselves with people that, that love God, that love us, that will speak truth and hold us accountable. And so if you found yourself slowly fading which I imagine every single person in this room has done from time to time. If you find yourself there, if you feel that inheritance slipping through your fingers, if your heart's hardened and turned away, if you find yourself far from God and you're not quite sure how you got there and you don't know where to begin that road to recovery, that journey, if that's you, it's time to journey together. It's time to give people access again to the dark corners, to the secret sins. It's time to allow them to speak truth and hold you accountable. And, and here at Cedar Point Recovery, we do that through life groups. We want to journey with you. We do that by showing up here on a Monday night, by staying afterwards and stepping into groups, by finding a sponsor, by finding an accountability partner, by finding a mentor, by finding one of us after. Let us pray with you. Talk about what's going on. I guarantee you this, you'll never come to me with your problems and, and, and find me shaming you or guilting you. Amen. I want to love you. All of our staff here, all of our leaders here do, that there's nothing that you've done that will cause us to turn you away. We want to love you. We may say something to you that you don't want to hear. We may lay out a truth that, that hurts, but we're going to love you at the end of the day because we want to journey with you. We want to find you healed and experiencing what God has for you. And so if you're sitting there thinking that's not for me, None of that's for me. I can do it on my own. How many of you are like, I can do it on my own? You don't have to raise your hand. But I know I've been there. I can do it on my own. I get it. I get it. In today's world, we've been deceived into believing that independence is a good thing. I'm an independent man. I'm an independent woman. And we've been deceived and thinking the best thing we can do is do it on our own. And we begin to isolate ourselves because that's strength. 
It's weakness to need the church. It's weakness to need my neighbor. It's weakness to need my wife. It's weakness to need my husband. We've convinced ourselves of that and nothing could be further from the truth. And point number one is this, we are meant to journey together. We are meant to journey together. That, that going at it alone is deception. It's deception. Um, if, you, if you open up your Bible, if you're new to the faith or old to the faith, or you know, you've been around a while, you know, in the beginning of our Bible is Genesis. Genesis tells about the creation of man. God created, you know, he created everything, our, our world, and he began to fill it, and then he created man. Um, and the only time in creation that God speaks about it not being good is when he created man, and he's like, it is not good for man to be alone. Um, if you've ever seen a single guy in his 20s, you know it is not good for, for men to be alone. Um, if my wife is ever out of town and you see me, you know it's not good for me to be alone. Um, if my wife leaves me unattended at the house too much, there's probably something on fire or I'm doing something and it's really sketchy or, you know, because <laughs> that's what happens. But, but the truth of the matter is that, that it's not good for, for women to be alone either. It's, it's not good for us to be alone, that, that we were made to be together, that, that we were made for relationships, for marriage, for friendships, to journey together with God, that, that every aspect and avenue of our life is meant to have people there journeying with us. Genesis 2.18 said again, it says, Then the Lord said, It's not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper for him that is just right. And in this context, he's talking about Eve, but it's in every context of our lives that, that we need people that will be there for us. Again, to, to help us, to lift us up, that, to tell us that, that we're better than we think that we are, to tell us and remind us that we're stronger than we think that we are, that, that we can keep going to encourage us, to push us along, to hold us accountable, to tell us things we don't hear. We need those people around us. And again, the great deception is that, that I can do it on my own, that, that I don't need anybody or, or anything. And, and I can tell you this, that, that when I have strong people around me, it makes me stronger. When I have people lifting me up, I can go further than, than I ever could before. You know, here at Cedar Point, we have a saying. I jacked it up last time I said it, but I'm going to try it again. And it's, uh, if you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, go together. Um, that, that we can go really fast alone, but typically we burn out or the destination we're heading to is not one we want to be a part of. But if we want to go far, if we want to find success, then we surround ourselves with good, like-minded people that want to see us succeed, and we go together, whether it's in recovery, whether it's in your marriage, your relationships, whether it's at work with your business, whatever it is you're endeavoring to do, surround yourself with people that want to see you succeed, that, that have your back, that will support you morally, and, and you can go further than you ever dreamed. I want to share with you out of Galatians. Galatians was written, um, again, by the Apostle Paul, and uh, Galatians 6 one through three, and uh, it's really good. It said, dear brothers and sisters, if, any, if another believer is overcome by some sin, you who are godly should gently and humbly help that person back on the right path. Now, I state that first part because I want you to point out that if somebody is messing up in your life, you should gently and humbly help them, not no gossip 
about them and tell everyone how they're jacking up. That, that's not what you do. You go to that person. You have a conversation with them. That's not the point of this. But, and be careful not to fall into that same temptation. This next line here says, share each other's burdens. Say share. Share, share each other's burdens. And in this way, obey the law of Christ. In this way, obey the law of Christ. If you think you're too important to help somebody, you are only fooling yourself. You are not that important. And I love that because share each other's burdens. And when you do that, when you come alongside people that are, that are believers with you, when you hold their hand and encourage them or they do the same for you, that we're obeying the law of Christ. Because we're loving our neighbor as ourselves, that, that we're journeying with them in a way that pleases God, because that's the way that God intended it. We were meant to journey together. We were meant to lift each other up. We weren't meant to tear each other down, to talk about each other behind their back, to, to slander them, to gossip about them. Um, it wasn't meant to be done to us. We're not meant to do it to others. We're meant to lift each other up. And, and oftentimes we become so wounded because somebody's done that to us. We've become hurt because somebody wasn't there when we needed them to be. And, and we allow it to, to, to turn us away from people that care about us. And then we distance ourselves. And again, we've fallen into that deception when we allow past wounds and past hurts to keep us from the people that care about us because of whatever's happened, we fall into that deception and, and we gotta learn to share each other's burdens, to lift each other up, to be family, to be community. That's what this is about. That's what this is about. That's why we show up here week after week so that we can journey together. Not so we can go fast, but so we can go far. far. And so we are meant to journey together. In fact, point number two is this. Our real strength is revealed in numbers. Our real strength is revealed in numbers. So um, I used to have a really sketchy past. Um, last time I was arrested was uh, 2009. Um, 2009, I spent a week in Rogers County. It was really fun. I was coming off of Benzo's. <laughs> Um, benzos are like Xanax and stuff. It's really great. If you ever detoxed off of benzos, it's really phenomenal. Um, not really at all. It was the worst week of my life. Um, I get really violent when I'm using. Um, and so I swung on an officer. Not a great decision. Um, and so because of that, they put me in one of these special tanks up in the front. Um, if you've ever been to county, you know what I'm talking about. It's kind of right in the booking area. And uh, they... Yeah, so, Thank you. Um, <laughs> they cuffed me to the floor, um, which is also a lot of fun um, to be cuffed to the floor as you're detoxing. Um, and so here I, I spent a week by myself in this holding cell. Um, now, why did they put me alone as punishment? That, that, that isolation was a form of punishment for what I'd done. Like I said, I, I, I swung on an officer. He didn't like that too much. So he puts me by myself to detox chained to the floor as punishment. You know what we do when we've made a mistake, when we've hurt somebody, when we've let our, ourselves down? We put ourselves in isolation. Now, now it's funny that, that in those moments in that we recognize that this is punishment, but then we do it to ourselves at the same time. We punish ourselves, we isolate ourselves, we put ourselves in solitary confinement it, it, like it's a good thing. I'm just going through a really hard time, I need to be alone. Any other time, we would recognize that that's a bad thing. 
But in those moments of darkness, those moments where we're wounded, where we're hurting, where a relationship is falling apart, where maybe we messed up on our recovery, we relapsed, or we made a poor financial decision and we gambled everything away, or something like that, then we withdraw and we step back and we spend time alone, isolated from the people that love us, isolated from the people that'll journey with us, isolated from the people that'll tell us hard truths, and we act like it's a good thing, and then we wonder why we're in a downward spiral. We're wondering why we're in a worse place this week than we were last week and and why we're drifting and fading and sliding away from all the things that God has from us for us because we've punished ourselves, we've hurt ourselves, we've given into the deception that independence is a good thing and we've lost sight of the most important thing that our strength is found in numbers, that you're stronger together, that you're stronger when you show up and you're part of a group, that you're stronger when you show up and you're a part of a church, a part of a community, that when you allow us to journey with you, you go further, not faster, but further. You can, you can achieve more. You can find more success. Your relationship might stand a chance if you show up and counsel together. Your recovery might stand a chance if you let people know you're struggling before you make a mistake. And if you've made a mistake, you can get back on track if you show up and let people journey with you. If you're having a hard time financially, instead of being embarrassed, let people know that when we do those things, rather than punishing ourselves with isolation and we step into it and say, I need somebody to be here for me. I I need support. I need to be lifted up. Then we can go further than we ever thought we could. We can go further than we ever thought we could. I'm going to share with you out of Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes was uh, written by one of King David's sons, um, Solomon. He was considered to be incredibly wise. Um, Many of you may have heard this before, but it's Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 12. And it says this, two people are better off than one for they can help each other succeed. Two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm, but how can one be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better, for a triple-braided cord is not easily broken. And and I love this because it's so simple and so true, and and we can recognize it in so many areas of our lives. And when we stop endeavoring to make every decision alone, to to go to every place alone, to do do everything alone, and and realize that that's a deception, that we were never meant to do things alone, that, that we were never meant to journey without people in our corner. And we recognize that when I have a brother standing back to back with me, I'm stronger and I'm faster, that that I'm more successful, that I can go further and achieve more. When we begin to realize that that triple braided cord, that that a good circle of friends, that that a life group, that, that a church family, that those things help us succeed, then we find our real strength in those type of numbers. And so when I'm tempted, when I realize this, When I'm tempted, people are there. That there's times in my life that I struggle, but I have people in my corner where I can pick up a phone and I can call them and say, I'm struggling with this. I'm angry. I'm pissed off. Right? I can pick up the phone. Yeah, yeah. I can pick up the phone and I can reach out to them and say, man, I can't do this on my own. 
My relationships are hurting. I'm struggling. I need somebody there for me. And so when I'm tempted, people are there. When I'm tired, people are there. That I've got people in my corner. That I know I have my back, my best interest. When I'm tired, people are there. When I feel like I can't go on, people are there. That, That when my marriage is not doing great, which happens. There's people that are there for my wife and I. When I feel like I want to beat my kids, my wife is there <laughs> saying, you can't do that. I've got people that are there. And my kids over there said, amen for mom. Um, that we need people to help us so that we can go far. far. I keep saying fur. I don't know why. But, huh? Yeah, it's because I'm country boy. That's what it is. But we need people in our corner because our real strength is found in numbers. Again, our real strength is revealed in numbers. But numbers, but the numbers matter. Who you have in your circle, it matters. Who's around you matters. Who you let in matters. Um, I've shared this statistic before, um, and it says this, that, that we're the average of the closest five people. That, that if you're hanging out with people that are not where you want to be, that's what you average out to be. That, that they impact your weight, <laughs> your finances, and they dang sure influence your decisions and the things that you're doing that, that we average after that. So the people around us matter. Point number three is this. We imitate what we hear and see. We imitate what we hear and see. Um, I love my kids. If you don't know me, I have six kids. Um, and that, that's a lot. This is what I know about kids. Um, kids... <laughs> They, they rarely actually listen to what I tell them to do. Um, they often listen to what I'm doing, and then, then they imitate it. That, that if I'm yelling and I'm angry, all six of my kids are yelling and angry with each other. That, that, that's what they do. Um, I, I knew this. When my kids were younger, um, my language has not always been what it should be. Sometimes it's not what it should be now. Um, and... <laughs> They come home from school and maybe be in trouble for, for saying a word they shouldn't say. And where did they hear that? From, from dad. And did I say, hey, you know what? You should really stay. It's cool today. It'll be really fun. No. They, just, they imitate what they, what they hear and what they see. They imitate what they hear and what they see. If I mistreat people, they mistreat people. If I'm good to people, they're good to people. If, if, I'm, if I'm loving with them... They're, they're loving with each other that, that they do that. But um, oftentimes we think that people grow out of that, that that's just a stage for children. You know what it is? They, they actually just grow in wisdom. And then they stop saying those things around you or stop doing those things in front of you. And we know that because we grew up. You guys were young once. And, and you learned that, all right, I shouldn't do that in front of my parents. Some of you may have been better than me. And maybe you didn't do that. But I wasn't that person. I just did it in secret. Um, but... <laughs> We still kind of do that as adults and, and with our lifestyles. And if we're hanging around people, if you're married and you're hanging around people that don't value marriage, that, that, that begins to rub off on you. And, and it impacts your relationship. It impacts how you see your wife, how you see your husband. Um, if you're trying to be sober and you're hanging out with people that are drinking, how long till you drink? I mean, we know that to be true. If you're trying to have a better walk with God, and you're hanging out with people that don't go to church, that, that don't read their Bible, that don't pray. How are you ever going to grow spiritually? You're not. That, that we imitate what we hear and see. And if there's a place that you want to be, 
If there's a, a picture of the person that you want to be, the thing that we need to do is, is find people that resemble that and put them in our lives. Find people that have found success in that. Allow them to, to see what's going on in your life. Don't, don't be secretive. Be, expose yourself. Allow them to, to get a real picture of who you are so they can journey with you, so they can see those dark corners, the secret sins, the things in your life, so that they can tell you hard truths, so they can hold you accountable, so that you can grow. Because we imitate what we hear and what we see. We imitate what we hear and see. And so um, I'm going to share with you out of Philippians. Philippians, again, was written by the Apostle Paul. It was written to a church in Philippi. Um, Paul, um, he wrote this. He was actually... Um, in a Roman prison um, awaiting to be executed. He was released at this time. Um, but, but he wrote this to the Philippians. And in verse 8, which isn't up there, it says this, And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. And then in verse 9, he says this, Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me. And so keep putting into practice all that you learned and received from me. And then he lays out how they would have learned and received this. Everything you heard, say heard. heard. From me and saw, say saw. saw. And saw me doing that. That when Paul was with them, the way that they learned from Paul was by his life. The way that he walked out life with them day in and day out, the way that he loved the Lord, the way that he endeavored to follow God, the things that, that he imparted was the things that they heard and saw Paul doing day in and day out. And then when we find people in our lives that walk out what we want to accomplish, we'll learn not because we're, we're sitting there having to study day in and day out, but just naturally we begin to pick up on the things that other people are doing. So make sure that those people are healthy. Make sure they're living the life that you want to live. Make sure they have the type of relationship that you want to have. Surround yourselves with those types of people because we imitate what we hear and what we see. One last verse that I want to share with you guys just to kind of drive home the importance of this. 2 Corinthians, it's not up here, 6, 14 through 18. Again, 2 Corinthians 6, 14 through 18. And it says this, don't team up with those who are unbelievers. How can righteous be a partner with wickedness. Righteousness be a partner with wickedness. That, that we think that sometimes we can walk and step into a new life and take all the old people with us. That, that, that we can't, that, that as we make the decision to step away, whatever your recovery journey is into a new life, we have to recognize that we can't carry our past with us. And, and sometimes you have to take a hard look at people that may have been in your life a long time and realize they, they might not be able to step into this new season with you, that, that you may have to put some distance between you and them. And again, don't team up with those who are unbelievers. How can righteousness be a partner with wickedness? How can light live with darkness? What harmony can there be between Christ and the devil? How can a believer be a partner with an unbeliever? What union can there be between God's temple and idols? For we are the temple of the living God. And God said, I will live in them and walk among them. I will be their God and they will be my people. Therefore, come out from among unbelievers. Separate yourself from them, says the Lord. Don't touch their filthy things and I will welcome you and I will be your father and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord. That, that we need to begin to recognize that if we're gonna to walk 
in a new season of life. If you're going to grow into the person that God's intended you to be, if you're going to step into something new and exciting and different, you need to evaluate your circle. You need to evaluate the people around you. And you need to be so intentional that you find people to journey with you. That, that you recognize and find somebody that's a sponsor, an accountability partner, a mentor, that you step into a life group, that you continue to do things that puts you in direct connection with the people that live and walk life the way that you want to. That's so important because, again, as we recap, we are meant to journey together. You're not meant to go it alone. You're meant to find people and have people in your corner that'll go with you. Our real strength is revealed in numbers that, that independence is a deception. And we find real strength when we find people that will stand by our side, that are like-minded, that will journey with us. And then we imitate what we hear and what we see. That, that it matters who you allow to be around you. It matters who you allow to speak into your life and give you guidance and direction. Some action steps we have for you guys tonight. Identify. I encourage you, identify individuals that, that could fulfill those roles, whether it's sponsor, accountability partner, whatever it is, mentor, find a life group. Find people to journey with. Don't go at it alone. Number two, determine if you're ready to have people speak life, to see the brokenness. You've got to consciously make that decision that, that I'm going to allow people to see the dark corners of my life, the things that I try to keep hidden, the things I try to keep secret. You got to make that decision. Are you ready for that? And, and arrive at a place where you are, where you're mature enough to allow people to hold you accountable and say that you're doing wrong without getting wounded, without turning from them, running away. You got to come to that place where you're mature and then begin to place those people in your life, those people that will keep you from, from sliding, from fading, from falling back into old habits and old lifestyles. And so tonight, as we, as we close, with, um, close with all this, it really starts with a relationship with Jesus that, that if, you want, um, if you want to experience the ultimate relationship, if you want to have the ultimate person in your corner where you can step into the inheritance of God, where you can find true power, true freedom, and whatever it is you're, you're going through and whatever it is your journey is, it starts with a relationship with Jesus. And so tonight as we close, that, that if you've never done that, if you've never made him Lord of your life, if you've never accepted him, um, and I encourage you to make that decision tonight. And so we close tonight, we'll have our chip prayers and huggers up here at the front. They would love to pray with you or for you so that you can make the greatest decision of your life. And that's to, to follow Jesus and ask him into your life and into your heart. And if you've done that before, Maybe you've gotten off track. Maybe you've blown it. Maybe you've missed it. I just want you to know that it's never too late to come back. Maybe you experienced that slow fade and it became, man, you've drifted so far and you felt like you couldn't turn back. I want you to know that you can, that we serve a God of, of second chances, third chances, whatever it is you need. It's never too late to turn back around and recognize that, that what you did was wrong and to come back to him. So if you need to recommit tonight, we would love just to, to journey with you through that, to pray with you so you can make that commitment. And then if there's something that God's laid on your heart that, that you realize that you slipped back into an old habit, an old lifestyle, or, or maybe you've recognized for the first time that something you're doing isn't, isn't the best. 
and you need to lay that down. We have our white chips up here, and we would love for you to come pick one of these up. And all it does, it's just between you and God saying, you know what? I'm going to lay that down. I'm not going to pick that up right now, that, that I'm going to do something different. I'm going to live different. And, and you're just laying it at the foot of the cross. And there's a blank space. You can write today's date. You can write down what it is. It's just between you and God. That's for you so that you know that you're endeavoring to live differently. And then lastly, if you're in here tonight and you just need prayer, this is a house of prayer. We'd love to journey with you. And so if you just need somebody to pray over you tonight, as we close, we'll have, our, again, our chip prayers and huggers up here. And they would love just to pray with you, for you, whatever's going on in your life, whatever your situation is. And as we close out tonight, if you guys could do this, if you could stand as we close in worship.